Welcome, everyone, to Hidden Headlines, the good news, the God news, the stuff no one in the secular media certainly is talking about. I'm your host, Brian Sussman. Thanks for daring to listen to this program, especially given the content for today. Now, this is news for the second full week of January, the week beginning Monday, January 14th. I'm broadcasting on the 17th of Thursday. I always deliver these on Thursdays. But if you'll go to briansussman.com on my blog, you will see all of the stories that I'm about to talk about. I've posted one of these stories at Facebook. I'll be surprised if Facebook, I'll be surprised if they don't take this post down. Because I'm going where you're just not supposed to go in this day and age. Yes, I'm going to talk about transgender. Folks, let me just back up a little bit. Uh, I started my radio career in 2001 on KSFO in San Francisco. I started with an evening program, and there was something I repeatedly said on that evening program. It's one of my taglines. This is not a job. It's a calling. I would say that all the time. This is not a job. It's a calling. And I truly believe I was called in to talk radio. I started out in radio just after college. And then after graduating from the University of Missouri and then was encouraged to go into television, thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, I can always go back into radio. But the television career basically blew up and it lasted 20 years. And I worked for, among other things, CBS in New York and KPIX Television in San Francisco and another great station along the way, KDKA in Pittsburgh. But I ended up specializing in weather and got a degree in meteorology. But I left that, and it's a long story. Upon leaving that, I I did it for the sake of my family. We had just adopted another child, and I thought, you know what? I I leave the house at noon some days, and I don't get home till 1 in the morning. We're going to have four kids now. This is is crazy. My wife said, if you want us to adopt this fourth kid, you you got to make some changes. I can't be a single mom. It's too much, too much. So I left, and I said, God, you'll open up something else for me. I know you will. And he did. It was talk radio, and I really felt like it was a calling. I had a successful evening show, and then I transitioned to mornings, and something I learned very quickly, I couldn't do my evening show in the morning. It just wouldn't work. My evening show was more serious, hard news. In the morning, that wasn't going to work. I had to lighten it up, have a little fun. And I have a fiduciary responsibility to the, to the radio station. I, I have to bring good ratings, and I want them to make money. That's my contract. My contract is to provide them with services that make for a popular morning show. And believe it or not, our, <laughs> as some of you know from listening on KSFO, it's a very popular show. And uh, I have two people that are on my staff, and I, I really care for them and their careers, etc. Katie Green, Sherry Yee, our producer. I have a responsibility to bring ratings. And therefore, I can't get into some of the topic matter that I like to get into on this podcast. And I'm going to start out with a story that I just really can't unravel on the morning show on KSFO, but I can unravel on my podcast, which is attached to briansussman.com. And my contract does allow me to have a briansussman.com. Now, I know how, how fascist Facebook can be. And I've taken my lead story at briansussman.com today and I've posted it at Facebook because I want maximum viewership. And I want people to turn to this podcast and hear what I have to say. Maybe I'll slip under their radar. Maybe it won't get taken down. I don't know. 
but the uh, the the Facebook page is Brian Sussman Show. Facebook.com Brian Sussman Show. But again, you can find this story at BrianSussman.com. Now I'm going to get to this story in just a moment. It's entitled Pelosi's Unholy Transgender Legislation. Pelosi's Unholy Transgender Legislation. You just say that word on secular radio, and all of a sudden you're in the crosshairs. It's like the seven words you're never supposed to say, which I could say on this podcast if I wanted to, but those words aren't in keeping with my my personal vocabulary. Those of you who know me know that I'm really not a cusser. I used to be back in the day, but when I made a statement of fit, when I first, when I finally confessed Yeshua as Messiah, Jesus as Lord, that part of my vocabulary just it just left. I mean, that was the first thing I noticed. It was a few weeks after making this decision, declaration, I realized, I don't cuss like I used to. This what, what happened? I didn't even have to try. Other things took time, but that just... So I'll get to that in just a moment. I also want to direct you, if I could, please, to my website, briansussman.com. I've got episode four from the Another Chance podcast. This is... This has to do with a friend of mine, former pro skateboarder Joe Gruber. In the 90s, Joe skated on a team assembled by one of the godfathers of skateboarding, Lance Mountain. So this is the 90s. If you if you were a skateboarder in the 90s, you know Lance Mountain, and you probably know Joe Gruber because he was on The Firm, the skateboard team known as The Firm. Uh, if you had kids who were skateboarders in the 90s, they all know this guy <laughs> because he's in all the videos. Yes, it was pre-internet, right? Everybody pre-YouTube, I should say. Everybody was watching the videos back then. But uh, Joe's become a buddy of mine, and I, in this Another Chance podcast, I talk about his his conversion, and it is riveting. And Lance Mountain is also in that Another Chance podcast. So even if you're not interested in skateboarding, can I tell you something? Uh, the story is really, really engaging. And just go to briansussman.com, Another Chance Podcast, Joe Grubin, you'll get to that. So I've got a number of stories we're going to get to. Nancy Pelosi's unholy transgender legislation. I've got another story up at briansussman.com. It's about young church dropouts. Some information came in, uh, some statistics came in about young people not attending the church. What is that all about? What up and why? That's what I'm asking. What up and why? So we'll get to that. This next story isn't on the blog, but I hope to interview this guy for an upcoming hidden headline. Um, he's a black man who goes to speak at Wheaton College and basically gets the bum's rush. I mean, Wheaton College, formerly known as a as a Christian college. I don't know what's going on at Wheaton College. I don't know what's going on at a lot of these Christian colleges. But it's, uh, it's, it's really reprehensible. I mean, you know, if you're going to be a Christian college, be a Christian. Just follow the Word of God. It's really simple. Even people who aren't Christians will respect you because you're doing what the book says to do. And that'll get me to another story today about Andy Stanley. Some of you know who he is. He is a popular megachurch pastor. And here's a guy making some crazy comments about the Old, the old Testament. Let's just toss it. So I'll talk about that as well on Hidden Headlines today. So let's start with the story that's the big story. Friends, I write uh, at briansussman.com and on Facebook, just wake up. Nancy Pelosi, she is my congresswoman, as you know. 
in San Francisco. Uh, she is a Catholic. But in my opinion, she's no Christian. Now, stop the press. I'm not judging where she's going to spend eternity. I'm not allowed to do that. I, I can't tell you if she's going to heaven or hell. I pray she's going to heaven. Because hell's a really, really bad place. But I can tell you, as, as a follower of Yeshua, as a follower of Jesus, I, I'm, the, the Bible makes it very clear. I'm allowed to be a fruit inspector. I can, expect, I can inspect the fruit of your life if you're a Christian. And I, like, I look at her and the legislation that she comes up with, because that, that's all I have to do to judge her is the legislation. And this stuff is sickening and unholy. So here's the story. Are you ready for this? Last year in Ohio, a judge removed a biological girl from her parents' custody after the parents declined to help her transition to male with testosterone supplements. So she's a girl. She's their daughter. Somehow she decides that she wants to become a man and she wants testosterone supplements. And of course, ultimately that'll lead to a, a surgery where they'll They'll get rid of her male body parts and make her no female, supposedly. I mean, you, well, the, the Cincinnati Children's Gender Clinic, God help us, recommended these treatments for what they call gender dysphoria. That's the condition of being distressed with one's biological sex, biological sex gender dysphoria. So when the girl's parents wanted to treat her with counseling instead... The county prosecutor, I'm going to start over because you're thinking I didn't hear you correctly. When the girl's parents basically said, no, 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 we don't need testosterone supplements. Counseling will be fine. Let's try that. Let's get a nice Christian counselor in here. And I don't know if they said Christian counselor. Let's, let's bring a licensed marriage and family therapist. Let's bring a psychologist. Let, let's do some counseling. The county prosecutor charged them with abuse. And transgender activists and pro-trans medical doctors compared the parents' decision to denying treatment for a cancer patient. Now, all this took place at the state level. No federal, no federal legislation needed. Now, one of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's top legislative priorities is the Equality Act. But now, one of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's top legislative priorities, the Equality Act, would politicize the medical and psychological treatment of gender dysphoria and lead to more prosecutions against parents who refuse aid in the unnatural sexual, this my, my words, the unnatural sexual transformation of their children. Which, by the way, includes as a side effect sterility. My gosh, on, on Hidden Headlines, just last week we talked about a new book where it's testimonies of 30 people who were trans who said, okay, that was the biggest mistake I ever made. You know, once you go there, there's no coming back. And, and I think the real question is, what drives a person to that point? What happened in your life? Let's, let's talk about that. My guess is, this is I'm not a professional. I've just spoken to a lot of professionals. My guess is there was sexual abuse somewhere along the line. Sexual abuse. Uh, how many lesbian women do I personally know, uh, wonderful people, who are that way because they were sexually abused, sexually molested, raped? Well, you know, on the one hand, I understand why they don't want to be engaged with men. 
in a sexual way, a romantic way. I, I get that. But maybe if we were to try to peel back the layers of the onion, we could actually help them be whole again. And it's the same thing, I think, with these people who are trans. Now, some states like California have already passed laws similar to Nancy Pelosi's act. I mean, in California, it's illegal for a state-licensed psychological therapist to counsel a person who's questioning their sexuality. But the transgender movement is the devil's way, in my opinion, of robbing, robbing boys and girls and men and women of their God-given, divinely created identity. Interestingly, for now, the American Psychological Association's Manual of Mental Disorders classifies gender dysphoria as a mental illness. That's as of right now. But I would expect that classification to be scrubbed from the record very soon if Nancy gets her way. Now, will this pass the House? Well, probably. Will it pass the Senate? I don't know. Those guys, even though it's Republican-led, are very, you know, they're very sensitive on these issues. We'll wait and see. But that's our lead story at BrianSussman.com, the lead story at Hidden Headlines. So I just wanted to get that to you. Now, if I could, and I will, because this is a podcast and I don't have to stop for commercials. I can pretty much do anything I want, right? And that's why you're listening. I would like to talk about this, uh, this young man whose name is Ryan Baumberger. I'm reaching out to him. I hope to have him on upcoming Hidden Headlines. Uh, he did a presentation at Wheaton College. Now, some of you are saying, well, who, what, what's Wheaton College? Well, it's, it, it, at one time was a very prestigious Christian college. I believe it was actually the college where Billy Graham went to school. But like so many of these Christian colleges, I mean, they're just, they've, they've been taken over by non-Christians. In so many cases, they have. And the board of directors oftentimes allows this to have, well, we need to have butts in the seats. We need to keep them coming. Bring them in. Bring in kids. Come on in. We'll, we'll water down our curriculum. We won't be so Christian anymore. I'll, I'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, this kid did a 50-minute presentation entitled Black Lives Matter in and out of the womb. Black Lives Matter, in and out of the womb. So this young man is uh, half black, half white. And you look at him and my gosh, he, he looks like my oldest son. He, he looks black to me. Um, he was conceived via rape. This young man, Ryan Bomberger, conceived in rape. So in a written response, Baumberger, and by the way, I alluded to my, uh, my oldest son, Sam, who I love, just great kid. Uh, he, he's one of our children who just happened to be adopted. In a written response, Baumberger pointed out that he himself is a person of color and that following his talk, he answered questions for nearly an hour. I was primarily presenting a perspective of those who are never heard, always underrepresented, always underrepresented, and are actually unsafe. The unborn. That's who he's talking about. He says, for, for someone to be offended. Oh, yeah, they were offended. Following the event, the school student government sent a campus-wide email claiming that Baumberger's comments made people of color on campus feel unsafe. Would that or would that not be the definition of a snowflake? Come on, folks. Listen to this man's story. Listen to the story. He said, for someone to be offended... I would think they would be more offended by a social movement that has to have a disqualifier that only some black lives matter. Anyway, this guy founded an organization called Radiance Foundation with a mission to creatively affirm every human life 
to creatively affirm that every human life has a purpose. God bless this guy. I hope to reach out to him, make contact, and have him on a upcoming Hidden Headlines. So again, what do we have here? We have inauthentic Christianity at the college level. I'm going somewhere with this, so please stay with me. First of all, we've got Nancy Pelosi with her outlandish, evil plans in our Congress. We are so straying from our principles here in this country that this woman's the Speaker of the House and she's going full bore. Then you've got a once prestigious college like Wheaton with a bunch of snowflakes who are what? Who are afraid of their own, afraid of the Bible that used to be preached in that school, my opinion. Now, here's a story that caught my attention. It's a study by LifeWay Research. LifeWay Research this week released this survey. They say 66% of Americans between 23 and 30 have said they've stopped attending church on a regular basis at least for a year after turning 18. Now, this is down from 70% in 2007, and of course, it's been on the downside for many, many years. So you're saying, well, that's not a significant decrease. I mean, 66 from 70 over 10 years ago. But I think it's to be expected. Most young churchgoers skip out on Sundays at some point amid their transition, going to college, moving away from home, or starting their first job. Uh, LifeWay says historically about two-thirds of dropouts return to services when they get older. However, as I read this study closely, one discovers that young people are more likely to cite political and spiritual concerns. Now, I read this as social justice and humanism, pushing them away from the church. Uh, Also, just dialing into some of these stats that they do present, um, many say church members are hypocritical. I mean, that's just so typical. What what, what an easy way out. Well, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Well, so are you. (laughs) I mean... If you inspect all of our lives, there's going to be some hypocrisy. But what are you expecting, a perfect church? I mean, really? For people who use the hypocrisy line, are you expecting a perfect church? That ain't happening until you get to heaven. Uh, So there's the hypocrisy thing. Also, political or social justice disagreements with church leadership. So what I really think is happening here, here, here it is. Are you ready? That's why this podcast is all about danger, danger. In other words, the aggressive indoctrination of ungodly, hyper-liberal, humanist, humanist and secularists has just, just taken these young people by storm. Absolutely taken them by storm, rolled them up, spit them out, and that's it. That's it. So I'm actually amazed that the drop-off numbers are not significantly higher But the worst thing a church can do in response to these statistics, try to be relevant. I mean, stick to your guns, man. When when Yeshua, when Jesus was walking the earth, he wasn't trying. It was not a popularity contest. It was the word of God in the flesh. And it was like, here it is. He wasn't trying to be cool. He wasn't trying to be hip. He was who he was. And he is who he is. That's why he said, I am that I am. Now you've got this guy. Um, I've actually read one of his books. I used it for a class that I taught um, at a a local congregation. His name is Andy Stanley. Leads a huge Christian church in Atlanta. And um, 
he's put forth some controversial theological opinions that I believe rob Christians of their rich spiritual heritage and probably much worse. So his theology could also enable one whose faith is immature or yet to be developed to fall away from their relationship with Jesus. Or worse still, where he's going could actually foment anti-Semitism. So you're wondering, where's he going? Well, here's the deal. In response to the growing opposition to Ten Commandment monuments in the United States, every time we put up a Ten Commandment monument, somebody wants it taken down, usually the ACLU, the radical left, the atheists, the non-Christians. They want it taken down. And every time we discover a Ten Commandment monument somewhere, well, take it down! There's a movement to do this. So Andy Stanley told Relevant magazine, you know, if there's anything I don't want to be in this world, I don't want to be relevant. I do not want to be relevant. I I follow a God who never called me to be relevant. He called me to follow him. Relevant magazine. If we're going to create a monument to stand as a testament to our faith, shouldn't it at least be a monument of something that actually applies to us? In other words, the Ten Commandments don't apply to us, friends. Participants in the New Covenant, that's Christians, he said, are not required to obey any of the commandments found in the first part of their Bibles. Participants in the New Covenant are expected to obey the single command Jesus issued as a part of his New Covenant. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Um, Stanley went on to argue that the single commandment to love God and others, quote, is a replacement for everything in the existing list, including the Big Ten. Then he posed this other question. Why? Why, dear Christian reader, would we even be tempted to reach back beyond the cross to borrow from a covenant that was temporary and inferior to the covenant established for us at Calvary? That's what he said. So the new covenant replaced the old one, he said. The covenant established by Jesus retired the covenant God established with the nation of Israel. These are his words. This is why most Christians don't mind a little bacon with their eggs, he says. Okay, well, that's great for your cholesterol as well. So what he's describing is called replacement theology, replacement theology. And I think by going down this road, I don't think I know. I've seen it myself. You're setting up new believers for failure. Allow me to briefly explain. When you get, again, I come from a a secular, a secular Jewish background at best. (laughs) At best. (laughs) <laughs> but God bless my dad. I, I, I loved him dearly. Uh, but he let us know beyond a shadow of that, you're Jewish, damn it. That's what he said. You're Jewish, damn it. Okay, okay, that's good. We got it. We got it. <laughs> but here's the deal. When more religious Jews that I have known over the years come to acknowledge that Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah, suddenly their eyes are open to the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. And what they see is, they see first the promise of a Redeemer in Genesis 3.15. You can go to briansussman.com and read this for yourself. But they see, as they read the Scriptures, it's like, whoa, I've read this before, I never got it! There's the promise of a Redeemer, third chapter of the Bible. We're already talking about a Redeemer. Then they suddenly understand why God chose Abraham and Sarah to bring forth a nation that would ultimately bear the offspring first mentioned in Genesis 3, the Messiah. And then by knowing the account of the first Passover, which every Jew knows well, they have a deep comprehension of the need for a blood sacrifice to cover the sins of all who surrendered to God's plan. And then through the Ten Commandments, 
and might I add the other 603 commands, they have gained a better glimpse of the totality of God's character. So by having an understanding of the Jewish prophets, as well as the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, they grasp the need for Messiah's virgin birth, Messiah's ministry to the Jews, Messiah's sacrificial death, Messiah's ascension from the grave, Messiah's second coming. I mean, they get it. They are plugged in. Once they make that leap of faith and have that revelation, boom, they're in. They don't fall. They don't go backward, at least in my, at least in my travels. And by the way, for those Messianic Jews who do continue to keep or abide in various elements of Jewish law, and I attend a Jewish, a Messianic Jewish synagogue, there are people there who do keep the law. They do so with gladness and joy because the full meaning of life and eternity has been revealed to them and that of Yeshua. So all of the practices that they have kept, as perhaps even Orthodox Jews, they continue with because it now it makes more sense. It's not a burden anymore. It's a joy. It's a joy. So as a result of this abiding faith in the totality of the scriptures, you don't meet many Jews who come to follow Messiah only to fall away. I've never met one, period. Sadly, I've watched countless Gentiles accept the Lord. Raise your hand. Accept the Lord. Say yes to Jesus. And in time, sometimes in short order, go back to their former ways as, as if nothing happened. You see, the way I look at it is, They've enjoyed the dessert found in the New Testament. They've enjoyed the dessert. Oh, and it's so tasty. Mmm, so good. But they haven't had the three-course meal to get them to that point, and they're easy prey to the devil, and they quickly fall away. So Pastor Stanley, I think, is doing a great disservice in this regard. Again, I'm not judging the guy whether he goes to heaven or hell. I'm just saying, as a Christian, man, he's really robbing people of, of some absolute gems that they can hold within their heart. And those gems are found in the Old Testament. Uh, last year, Stanley actually, actually preached a sermon calling on Christians to unhitch their faith from the Old Testament. Too bad. Too, 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 too bad. Uh, folks, I will tell you, um, I am happy to bring you these Another Chance broadcasts on a regular basis. They're every Thursday for now. I may, should you coerce me, start doing them on a daily basis. But for right now, I really want them to be impactful. So we're doing them on a weekly basis until I feel otherwise. Uh, I do thank you for all of your wonderful support. Uh, don't forget, briansussman.com. That's where you can read the blog. You can hear the Another Chance podcast and these hidden headline podcasts as well. Uh, also, please share. Please share. Uh, the word has to get out through you. It's not as if I have an advertising bu budget. <laughs> I'm using social media and uh, in very tasteful ways using my radio show on KSFO.com as well. But if you like this, please share this and let's do the footwork together to get the news out. That's the latest podcast for Hidden Headlines for this second full week of January. I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for listening.